Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the guy who wouldn't think twice about drugging his mates to ensure they have a good night, Jason. Not even true. I am the one who gets drugged. You are indeed. Um, So we're doing something uh, very different on this episode of Rewind and Review. It's still the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid, or do we watch it sometime later in our lives? But we are doing it differently. In this episode of Rewind and Review, we are on the road. We are. Or at least we're about to be. Uh, we are on our way to our good friend Mark's Bucks Weekend. Oh, yeah, Marky. Bachelor Party, Stag Weekend, whatever you call it, wherever you Depending are in the world. Depending on where you live in the world. Yep. We're hitting the road out of town on our own little road trip. Yep. We were thinking we want to celebrate a Bachelor Party movie. Um, we also want to do a road trip movie. So we found one that was both. So we're going to fasten our seatbelts, Rob's going to start the car, and we're going to get this Bucks weekend underway as we rewind to the year 2009. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I haven't got my belt on yet. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Cool. We have to go back. Go back, Steph. What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Yeah, so we're on the road, it's hot, it's sweaty, we're trying to keep the noise down. We do apologise if it, if it's a bit too crackly, we've got all the, the road sounds. Rob's driving. I am driving. Um, it's a little bit like James Corden and the uh, carpool karaoke. So we will not be singing. Yeah, uh, we could sing. No, we won't If be. you want. That's um, not happening. And, and you are legitimately driving. I am legitimately driving. We do have safety concerns doing this, but that's okay. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, look, when, when we were looking for the perfect movie to cover, we considered The Bachelor from 57, Bachelor Party in 84, Very Bad Things in 98, Bachelor Party Vegas in 2006, Last Vegas in 2013, yeah. The Stag 2013 as well, um, Bachelor Night 2014, yeah, what are these movies? The Wedding Ringer 2015, at least heard of that one, right? I have heard of that one, yes. Heard of it, that's, yeah, that's good. Uh, look, yeah, honestly... To be, to be honest, half of these we never really considered at all. Um, we landed on what we considered to be the perfect movie, which ticked both boxes. Bachelor Party movie and Road Trip movie. Absolutely. The Hangover. Yes. Rob, who directed The Hangover? I believe it was Todd Phillips. And what is Todd Phillips known for today? I found out that he's known for Joker. Yeah, correct. Joker. Yes. Amazing. Um, we also briefly thought about doing Road Trip from 2000. This was a legitimate one. Which is the Todd Phillips. Uh, also Todd Phillips. Well. Yeah. yeah, what's going on? Um, it's obviously directed by Todd Phillips and written by John Lucas and Scott Moore. The Hangover tells the story of Phil, played by Bradley Cooper, Stu, played by Ed Helms, and Alan, played by Zach Galifianakis, um, and of course Doug, uh, Justin Bartha, um, who travel to Las Vegas for a bachelor party to celebrate Doug's impending doom. 
his impending marriage. Sorry. <laughs> However, Phil, Stu, and Alan wake up with Doug missing and no memory of the previous night's events and must find the groom before the wedding can take place. Yes. A uh, very important factor to a wedding is the groom. Be warned that if you haven't seen The Hangover yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to this episode. Spoilers. We will be talking spoilers. Thank you. I like it. Yeah. you just got to tune in there at some point. That so is tell all me, I can do. Tell me, Robert. Yes. Rob. Uh, how many times have you watched The Hangover? Many times, actually. Too many to count? Too many to count. I, uh, I saw it in theatres when it first came out. Um, and, Same. And oh. it was that was my first introduction to Bradley Cooper at the time, I think. He was, he was. And he was just the coolest yeah. dude. Yeah. Because like, he was in, before that, he was in Failure to Launch, I think. And wasn't and he like a few other things? I think so he was like the, was the wedding crasher as well. Oh, he was too. He was the douchebag. But he was like he was like that other guy, you know, yeah. like that random guy. That's right. And he was always supporting. Whereas this is one of his first kind of yeah. real shared leads. Um, so he actually, yeah, I was like, oh god, that guy's so cool. I'd love to be like Bradley Cooper. Um, but I've seen it heaps of times. It's one of my faves. I have to admit, I've only seen the sequel once, and the third sequel I haven't seen at all. But oh. But that's my experience with this movie. And I watched it. Da, 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 da. I watched it this morning. <laughs> always, always committed to getting it in last minute. Um, Absolutely. I saw it at the cinema as well when it came out. Um, picked up the DVD like almost as soon as it was available. Yeah, yeah, watched it a few times. Probably don't even know how many times. Not an immense amount, but you know, I've seen it a fair few. Yeah. Um, the sequel, I think I've seen twice, and the third one I've only seen once. Okay. Um, at cinemas as well. Um, yeah, money. and I watched it just the other day, early in the morning before work, just to squeeze it in. Uh, before we, you know, obviously go on our way to this Bucks weekend, this bachelor Absolutely. shindig of sorts. Let's talk a bit of its um, legacy and stuff. Um, Rob, you don't have any notes in front of you, so I will take the lead here. But you tune in lead, and I'll chip in it where I comment, can. Comment, share your thoughts as we go. Uh, the budget, thirty-five million, with a box office return of four hundred and sixty-seven point five million worldwide. I heard that at the time of its release, it was the highest-grossing R-rated comedy. I think it was, yeah. There you go. And it was actually it was also the tenth highest-grossing film of two thousand nine. Right, which is cool. Um, it's a, it is the second highest-grossing R-rated comedy ever in the United States. So on a domestic level, yeah, um, surpassing a record previously held by Beverly Hills Cop for almost twenty-five years. Beverly Hills was R-rated. Um, cool. It is. It is the. It is now the nineteenth worldwide. <laughs> what was What was number two? You said it was number two. Sorry, what was number one? Um, Do you know the. Uh, Right. Yes, thank you for putting on the spot. Oh, um, that's right. Wasn't sure if it was written down. We don't have an internet support system right now. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Cut, cut uh, in post. Cut like, in post. We'll cut in post. That's still there. Continue. Um, it received generally favourable reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, 78%. Average of 6.79 uh, Sorry, out of 10. Right. Metacritic has it at 73 out of 100. That's with 31 reviews. Yeah. Um, the consensus, basically, with a clever script and hilarious interplay among the cast, the hangover nails just the right tone and raunchy humour, and the non-stop laughs overshadow any flaw. Yes. Absolutely. Any flaw. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. overshadow any of them. Thanks, Rob. Um, awards. Uh, it won the Golden Globe um, Award for Best Motion Picture Musical Comedy. Cool. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, it won Best Ensemble from the Detroit Film Critics Society. That's not a surprise. Uh, <laughs> and named one of the top ten films of the year by the American Film Institute. 
Right. Now we did mention, obviously, it has sequels. It's a, it's essentially a trilogy. We got Part Two, which came out in 2011, and yeah. The Hangover Part Three came out 2013. My understanding is that neither of those were received well critically. Um, yes, but they, they were, were box office successes, though. Box office hits, correct, but um, not received very well. So the second one was seen as, and I agree, uh, in a way, a carbon copy. So they're pretty much going through beat by beat, the same motion, just yeah. different settings, different things happening, yeah. but essentially the same formula. The third one did something different, and then everyone was sort of annoyed at that. It was like, oh, it's so different. Yeah. And that piggybacked off some plot threads that were sort of left and carried over from the first movie right. into this one. They were all catching up to them, stuff that they had sort of done and uh, cool. you know, left there. So yeah, that was... They're the movies, and that's pretty much it. I didn't mind the second one, though, but it definitely didn't hold a candle to the first. I still enjoyed them, um, but of course the first, you know, the first one is of a higher regard, and I appreciated what they did differently in the third one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still enjoyed the second one, so you know, they've got my money. Um, a bit of an impact this movie had, and specifically this first one. So the movie had a major impact on Caesar's Palace and Las Vegas as depicting and celebrating Las Vegas as the ultimate guy's getaway. We're not going to Las Vegas today. So I read that, <laughs> and that surprised me that it wasn't already, because it's just, it's my understanding, because... Like it would be a go-to? Bucks night mindset at that point. Oh, yeah, and so I just assumed that this was the normal. That's what people were doing, that, yeah. That little factoid, apparently it wasn't really the thing. Yeah, many people did it, but it wasn't really a thing. Also in 2013, it was reported that guests at Caesar's Palace were still quoting two, mainly two lines from the film's check-in yes. scene. Does Caesar live here? And uh, do you know if this, uh, do you know if the hotel is pager-friendly? And then the concierge yeah. is like, you have a phone in your room? Uh, <laughs> the check-in staff must get so, I can just imagine so many like dude bros who just go in. Dude like, bros. Oh, just douchebags. Um, anyway. Hangover-themed slot machines became popular at casinos throughout the Las Vegas Valley and Caesars Palace gift shop. Yeah. Uh, sold tens of thousands of hangover-related souvenirs, and the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority received numerous inquiries from people interested in recreating some of the film's most wild scenes, uh, s such as the one, like, things involving tigers. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> like, where can we get a tiger? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting because um, a little bit of trivia about the movie just related to, like, its legacy. Even on set, you can see, like, especially like, during the, the... when the car, the cop car pulls up to the front of the hotel. Yeah. Everybody is watching them film. <laughs> if you watch it at the back, in the back, they're all just standing there at the... I, I think there's actually um, two hotel staff having an argument. Yeah, yeah, about something to do with the movie. Which is what I was looking for, and as soon as I saw that, I also saw every single person had stopped and they just had a coffee and they were watching the filming. <laughs> which is probably the one thing you don't want to happen. Oh, uh, yes. Know. You can't shut down Vegas. That's what you Yeah, there's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. Um, what next you got, mate? Uh, the Las Vegas Madame Tussauds added hangover-themed rooms, recreating the hotel room and the wedding chapel. Um, and a tie-in roof cocktail bar, so get in on it. They did. Right. And in 2018, Hasbro issued a parody version of their board game, a, uh, a board game Clue or Cluedo, yeah. where players have to locate a missing friend somewhere in the city after a wild night of carousing. Right. So we may lose Mark today. We'll, we may. We are going to a country town, though. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to a city. And I think also... The movie kind of propelled the careers of Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, and Ken Jeong. Yep. Not to say they weren't doing stuff before and they weren't known, but 
I'd say after this movie, yeah. they went on to bigger things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now look at Bradley Cooper, one of the most. I mean, he's he's now a raccoon. It's crazy. It is. It's mad. He's also, I think he's an eight-time Oscar nominee now. He's doing so really much. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ed Helms. Now, I think his role in The Office came after this. Oh right. Yeah. So then he's gone on to other comedies and stuff like he's that. Such an awkward dude. Yeah. Everybody knows Zach Galifianakis now. Love him or hate him, you know, yeah. take him. As he is, as he but is. that's it. And Ken Jeong, you know, um, his role after this one, you know, his role in this was quite minor. And then come the second one, it was a larger role, a much larger yeah. role. And then the third one, he was pretty much fully involved in the plot. Like it was, right. it was all there. Right. Um, it had his roles in like communities. Yeah. I think that expanded as well. Like everything. Ken Jeong, I haven't seen as well. any communities. That's with Chevy Chase, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. the first few seasons, anyway. Chevy Chase. Yeah, right. Oh, get on Community. Good, uh, good little, good little show that one. Copy that as a recommendation for yeah, you. Right. It's a list of things I'll probably will never see, but that's fine. All right. Well, I guess while we're talking about the characters, yeah. let's talk about the characters. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with um, Phil Winnick. Phil. That's Bradley Cooper. Legend. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think I think I know him. I think I know. Thank him. you, not. You know what I like about this is that his character is um is sort of they want you. It's portrayed in. What his character is trying to portray himself as is a bit of a douchebag, you know? Like, yeah. if he hates his wife, he hates his kid, he hates his life, and he says that, you know, multiple times, yeah. I don't think I'm going to go back, I'm just going to live in Vegas. But you know what? He's just in party mode, yeah. and you can tell at the end of the movie when he's back with his it's wife like, and kid, he would have trade them she for the does act, She does act... No, no, I don't disagree with it, because she acts surprised when he, she, she, he's, he gives her a kiss, and she's like, oh, who are you, kind of thing. As if he's changed the tone. I reckon he's learned. I no, he's... I reckon he was always that guy. And... Right. Although he was, he did actually take money off, off, kids. off his students. Yeah. And... What kind of road trip is what... 90 US dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Far out. Oh, I scrapped that. Were, were the kids going to Vegas? That's that one kid and he's like, <laughs> I've, only got I've only got 20. Well, give me that and I'll get. I'll cover the rest. Fix out later. Yeah. Jeez. What, so what was he doing? He was bag. obviously using the money to, he was going to gamble with it or something. Yeah, he was just using it for the trip, yeah. I guess. So. Even though he asked bloody... Ed Helms is um, stew to pay for freaking everything, <laughs> which is kind of like an ongoing gag every single time. But um, Bradley Cooper's portrayal—I think he's—he's he's just a cool dude. Even though he's a douche, he's still just like something about him. I—I I, I don't know what it is because you think of the things that he's doing and he's saying, you're like, no, I don't want to be that kind of guy at all. Yeah. But then you're also like, oh god, wouldn't it be cool to be that cool? <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to be that cool? That's my interpretation of it. And I think out of the out of the, the wolf pack of them, you know, like there's you know, Bradley Cooper's character is he does sort of take charge, you know, he's the one screaming out and being like, guys, we've got to get it together, we've got to yeah. get this done. Whereas, you know, I, I would love to like know the backstory into the character in regard to like his history. No, he seems like don't he's give him the idea to do a hangover prequel. I'm just saying, like, because he's had this business, like, nothing seems to phase him really, and he's just like, and there's that opening scene where he's like, yeah, look, we fucked up, we fucked up, yeah, and then he's like, yeah, that's not gonna happen, <laughs> and he's just kind of calm. But he's like, well, what has he gone through to be to be able to do that in that experience? Yeah, what a what a dramatic cold opening as well. You got like oh, those, all those shots, those scenes of like 
you know, like the Nevada landscape. And you don't know who Vegas. Black Doug is at that point. Black Doug's is over in the background somewhere, just kicking dust somewhere. <laughs> yeah. and there's four of them, and you don't know what's going on. And then it just kind of plays out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Cordino T's little setup, cold opening, where uh, what's going to happen. And then we obviously go back to yeah. a few days before the wedding. Um, let's talk about um, the doctor. <laughs> He's a dentist. The dentist. Stu Price, Ed Helms. So he's he told me you're a doctor. His whole no shtick is don't crash roll, please. Um, <laughs> his whole shtick is you know he's he's got his um he's got his missus at home. I, I yeah. don't think they're engaged or anything. They're not married. No, they're not engaged because he's got the engagement ring from his the Holocaust ring. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's gonna get yeah. yeah. He wants she, to get engaged. She treats him like crap. Melissa is her name. Melissa, yeah. Now she yeah. is just not yeah from her own from her opening scene like her one or two scenes that she has her, well actually you see her later on the phone so I've yeah. like three scenes yeah you instantly hate her you disagree yeah. with everything you say you know they could have played she's her as sort of toxic like she's just yeah. so, so there's, there's a difference so between concerned sort of misses and like just being like controlling make sure you take care of yourself like I don't approve you gone but okay it's happening yeah but it's not just that it's also like he tries to kiss her goodbye she just shies away from like it's you can tell that they're really playing up a very like a very strong like i don't, I don't know it's, just, it's not even a stereotype it's just more it's a connotation it's like he's in this toxic relationship and it's not him he's not the toxic person it's definitely her so you get a big cheer when he at the end of the movie where he calls it off and he's just like nah he cheated on me get like, out of yeah here. like you're and that's, a, and that's you're a like, she, yeah she 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 cheated on him on a cruise and then came back to him and kind of puts it on him almost like it's his fault almost. But that's not know? something he learns in the movie. Like he's known that the whole time and he's obviously still tried to make it work and get yeah. through it. And it's just forgiving her. But even when and you see all the antics that he ends up going through, you know, like yeah. he married he married Heather Graham's character, you know, the stripper and, and yeah. stuff and you know, he's lost a tooth and all that kind of jazz. It's all yeah. He, he feels bad and he's like, oh no, I need to, I've screwed up, I've messed up, I'm, I'm you know, I'm in the doghouse. But it's like, it's, it's me, she, she cheated on me because of me, I, I've done something to deserve it. Yeah, and it's like this whole time he's been hanging on to the fact that she's cheated on him. Yeah. And it's like, what has he got to, what's he worried about, you know? Like, yeah. But he just wants to make it happy and make sure that yeah. everything's all good. So Which is what we all want to do. He um, learns a lot from this journey. He does. Interesting trivia bit about uh, Ed Helms as Stu. He actually was doesn't have an incisor. He doesn't have that tooth. Yeah. So he has a fake one in real life. And so when that tooth, when he, he's missing it, he's really is missing it in the movie. It just they haven't removed it. It wasn't ever there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And he wears a fake. I think he wears an implant or something for, for perfect. Like perfect for um, uh, authenticity yeah. <laughs> in the movie. It's so good. Oh, it's just it's hilarious. And when I read that, I was just like, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned how the Graham's character Jade. Like, we might as well mention it here now because I'll be yeah. related to Stuart in most ways. They end up finding out that Stu married her. Yeah. Um, she's, she's, she's a nice uh, she's fine. stripper. What is she? Is she a stripper? She's, or she? she says she's a stripper, but she's an escort because it helps with the stripping. No. She's a stripper because she gets contacts. Yeah, stripping is good for her escort business. Oh, she's yeah. smart too. And she has the baby. She has baby Tyler. Baby Tyler. See, what is it? Castro? No, what is... Uh, Carlos. Carlos. Carlos, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Lindsay Long was actually offered the role yeah. of of, um, of Jade, but she turned it down because she thought the, the script had no potential. <laughs> silly, silly Lindsay. Silly what Lindsay. What are you doing? Doing well. Uh, but I like her character, and um, 
I do I enjoy the fact that she does come back for this I think she comes back in the third movie but yeah. you don't see her in the second right um yeah, and you also you always kind of think in the back of your head like, oh, you know, maybe you know, because they did kind of get a little form a bit of a bond the two of them. They did. Going into it, and he kind of says, "I'm going to come back and date you," but then in the movie number two, you don't really. I don't think they discuss it really. Cause no, because then Stu's getting married. Isn't Stu's getting married, but she does get mentioned as as like remember that one time like Stu married that stripper or hooker or whatever. Yeah. Um. So the baby was cute, and obviously they they kind of return him. To his mother yeah. <laughs> before the movie gets too Not crazy. Before Zach Galifianakis hits it in the head with a door. <laughs> doesn't utterly hilarious. No, it doesn't. Stu does it. Stu does it. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> well, it's like, are you? So, so are you allowed to? Are you allowed to to be? Around babies, because oh, yeah, they've got that like, under like, the undertone joke that he's not allowed to be around children. Or Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Which apparently, uh, well, let's talk about um, let's talk about Alan and Zach Galifianakis. Apparently, after the movie was released, so apparently he he said there's actually a backstory to it, and it's because he's just an idiot. He was he was at a school ground he playing a, with kids. Yeah. And they, not in a creepy way. Not in a creepy way, apparently. But they thought interpreted because it it's not appropriate. Movie. Yeah. Not appropriate. Um, and apparently the Chuck E. Cheese thing is part of Galifianakis' stand-up routine that he does. He says, when you look like I do, don't quote me on this, but when you look like I do, it's very hard to get a single table at Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but he's great. And in fact, he's one of the, he steals most of the scenes, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of the... I mean, a lot of... I mean, he's the catalyst for things happening, which is... Well, what it's revealed. is kind of, as well. So. Uh, oh, Okay. Because he screwed up the How bags. far back can we go? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is... <laughs> his parents are responsible for his so, birth. <laughs> so ultimately, Alan purchases drugs, thinking they're ecstasy, and he's going to... And he puts it in the... But it's the Ruflin! And he puts it... And it's Ruflin instead. And that's why the hangover is so nasty, and why they can't remember a single thing. Because they're, they're all Ruflin. Because they're all being date-raped, drugged date-raped. by Alan. Well, they weren't date-raped. Drugged. Direct drugs, yeah. Drugs. But not they raped. Correct. There was no rapage as far as we Correct. are aware. Let's save that for the sequel. Alright. Oh, uh, there's a demon in me. <laughs> uh, see, the second one has its qualities. Oh, gosh. It's, terrible. it's so terrible. But, um, but Zach Galifianakis is... Like, the humour of, of Alan, of the Alan character is... Yeah. You know, like, it's borderline... There is something mentally wrong with him. He has got something concerning about... But I think the level of how much they sort of go into that in this movie works really well in the second and third one yeah he's i think he gets stupider like they play it a lot more like he's really unwell and it's actually more concerning right if i don't know if you recall but it's just like i can't really remember the second one that much in regard to how worse he was because i just noticed that he was pretty terrible in this one yeah but i think they i think they played it on the fact that it was like he's been away from these guys and he misses them and he sort of went into like a withdrawal state and that was um, good for him but this one it's sort of like you know he's got stuff wrong with him but he's still pretty switched on and he knows what's going on you know he can card count he can card count he wins like, he wins like $84,000 or something stupid he was successfully taking care of of um, the baby quite competently yeah for the time being um, even though he screwed up and roofied everyone he still pulled that plan off you know like yeah. he got things and some would, some may say, I don't agree with this, but some may say, it, the idea, I mean, it's a terrible idea to drug your mates without them knowing. <laughs> but yes, Rob, please don't do that. Purchasing drugs, like 
not saying they're not condoning this at all, but purchasing drugs for your friends on a Bucks night is not the most unheard of concept before. Yeah. I think you just generally... It's how you go about it. If, that, if that's your mode of, mode of operandus, you'd probably let them know about it, though, I would say. Yeah, but I mean, so like I said... Form, Alan, bad form. He said he didn't think they would do it. You know, like... Oh, right. Because he said... Mm, I uh, think I called Because he thought it was... He thought it was ecstasy, right? He did think it was ecstasy. And yeah. he was like... Yeah, I had to put it in the drink, so I didn't think you'd take it willingly. <laughs> Gosh. Which, you know, from his point of view, he's more like, I wanted you all to have a good time, and I didn't think you'd be up for it. So not in a not in a sadistic, scary way, but, you know, yeah. he, he oh, messed up. You know? Groovy. Anyway, oh, he's just so... But a lot of the jokes, a lot of the jokes are with yeah. him, and, and with, you know, his bag, his satchel. You know, Indiana Jones has a has a satchel. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely the man purse. <laughs> Ken Jong later is like... It's a purse. Um, does he does he ask for his purse? He asks for his purse. Give, me a, give me a purse. Um, Doug. Doug. I Douglas actually, I, like, I like Doug. Um, so um, Justin Barthes, because he's in National Treasure. Um, he is a National Treasure. He's in Failure to Launch with Bradley Cooper, and he's in another one with Bradley Cooper too. He always plays a nerdy dude, and this is the first time I thought he was kind of breaking typecast, and he's just kind of a regular dude who's kind of cool, to be honest. The, the disadvantage he, he has is that you only get to see him, I guess, you know, in the opening part of the movie. Yeah. Obviously, it's his wedding. He's the groom. The whole story is about finding him. Yeah. But because it's about finding him, he's not involved in the movie, you know? like, And you kind of... At least with me, I forget that he was involved in the crazy night they had. Yeah. So in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, you know, Zach's going to be more... Not Zach. Well, Alan is going to be more attached to uh, Stu and Phil. Yeah. When... He still has just as much affection for Doug, not yeah. just because it's, he's, it's his future brother-in-law, but yeah. they all shared that night together. Even though they don't remember it, they shared yeah. those photos. The four of them shared. So yeah, I always felt a bit of a disconnect, at least with me, to to Doug. You know, I got nothing against him. It's just yeah, he's not one of the four. And when it went to the sequel, I was like, are they going to involve Doug this time? And they found a convenient way to get him out of it. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, always. Well, convenient. does the third one involve him more? Because um, I haven't seen it. Because I do. No, you have I seen the third one, haven't you? No, no, I haven't seen the third one. I thought you said you did. No, no, no. Oh. I said I haven't. Um, I. Because I. I think the only way to mix it up is to actually change the dynamic, and Doug would add a different dynamic to it. No, well, definitely the second one they take. He parties. Him. He parties just as hard as them, except he either gets goes missing or conveniently is out of it. Yeah. Or something, and then I can't even. I can't remember if the third one involves him or not. Like it. The thing, the thing I can't remember I, how they don't involve him. I, I actually really like um, Bartho. I think he's a, just a cool, cool actor, and so I like. To, I want to see him used more. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, uh, who else we got on your list on the character? Uh, well, Ken Jong, Leslie Chow. Yeah, Ken Jong. So very minor role in this movie. Super minor. Like he has a teeny tiny penis, and <laughs> and is super camp, but he teases everybody for being gay. I mean, shock. <laughs> Damn eyes. He's... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. I, this he is, is the problematic part of this movie is maybe the the Chinese mafia stereotype, I guess, element of the movie. But you know what? It's all in good fun. And Ken Jeong's going all out with it. I mean, I mean his, his entry, entrance is just... Just absolute cry-worthy laughter. Like, when I saw it in the naked Chinese man he coming just, He just jumps out of the boot of the car. Beating them with a crowbar. He's naked. He's been in there for freaking hours. Probably in the heat as well. Yeah. Probably why he's naked, to be honest. And he just jumps on, I think it's 
the thing is Bradley Cooper's head and is hitting him with a crowbar. Now, apparently he had to ask his wife um, if he could appear in the movie Naked. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I'm, I'm assuming she gave her blessing and uh, we got that. No um, yeah. But I think he, he was such a standout in the movie that obviously they brought him back to yeah. in a bigger in bigger roles for the, for the next two. But, oh, I like Henshaw. Yeah, but it's crazy. And then there's a whole... There's that one part of the plot where they've got to um, basically pay him back all that money grand which they needed as a win from the, the casino to rescue yeah. Doug they eventually do that it turns out to be Black Doug and then we've got Black it, Doug it turns out Black Doug is the who's someone uh, Epps I can't remember Mike Epps Mike, Mike Epps, Epps. Um, he he was the guy that sold the roofies in the first place yeah so it goes full circle um, and I believe Mike Epps comes back in the third one I read that somewhere on a cast listing somewhere oh, yeah, well, I only seen the ones I don't don't really remember that. I just remember there being a house at some point. And okay. Yeah, I think Melissa McCarthy's in it at some point as well. Interesting. Well, there you go. That's a, that's probably main characters. You do have like. Oh, we should talk Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. If you want to, I heard an interesting. Mike, is he not a huge part of this? He is. I mean, a very funny little cameo that he has. He's the reason there's a tiger. And they end, they end up by stealing and stealing Mike Tyson's tiger. They literally walk it out the front gate. You know, he he actually owns seven tigers. I know. Yeah. I also know that uh, he admitted he was high on cocaine the whole time that he was filming. He was. And the only reason he did it... To fund his drug habit. No, it wasn't. It was because um, <laughs> he had heard of, I think it was Road Trip. Yeah. Todd Phillips, and he liked that movie, so he was like, know. okay, I'll do it. Um, but he's seen, you know, he steals the scene where he's got it, where he got the Phil Collins song playing, and he just waits for the... And punches Alan Cold out. Yeah. And it's just like absolute came out of nowhere. Coward hit, have to admit, it is a sucker. Alan would be dead. He would be dead. He would be dead if Mike Tyson hit him. But um I like I like Mike Tyson in this one. When he's in the second one, it wasn't I thought he overdid him. Like he was, it was more like a glorified cameo in the yeah. second one, just like remember. Oh, I had him like singing that. at the end. It's like, come on, man. There's a whole plot point of, of his tattoo in the second one as well. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I I thought he was great. I thought it was absolutely hilarious watching the the um the CCTV footage of his house, watching them steal the tiger. Alan's pissing in the pool. Yeah, they, they yeah, the tiger in the back of the cop car, and they try pretending to hump it. And you're like, and they obviously they're just off their heads. They don't know what they're and doing. And they're trying to tell that like. Yeah, we we were drugged. We we don't know what was going on. Yeah, like like almost apologetic. Like we're so sorry. Please please don't punch us. Please don't, like, please us. don't punch kill us. Yeah. Um, but my time that he did he did reveal that he changed his lifestyle actually being in this movie. Yeah. Um, which is cool. You know, like apparently yeah. down on the drugs. So he, oh, he's had a good hard hard run. Has yes. Mike Tyson. So a good um you know if there's a good outcome to it. Good for him. Poor bloke with all his millions of dollars. <laughs> and, he, and his ear fetish. Let's talk about a bit of the tone, uh, a bit of the tone versus like the comedy. We've also got that mystery element, I guess, to the movie. So there's yeah. a lot going on. Um, obviously, raunchy humour. It's like a all comedy out. memento. <laughs> this <laughs> movie. A comedy memento? What do you mean? You know, that movie with um, Guy Pearce where he's... Oh, right, like, yeah, because he has to work backwards. He has to work backwards and figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's true. I think a movie's like, dude, where's my car? You know, like, what happened last night? That's a good point. That's probably comparable. Where is something? We've got to solve this mystery. This was far better than that. Follow the clues. But it is. It's like a... Almost like a whodunit, but just a missing person thing like what happened yeah. let's work out and it's great you're on the journey with them you don't it's it you, like could, you have that you have that cold opening 
Oh, and it's just you're like, oh my god, what are what are we getting? You into? only know what they know. Yeah. And then you're yeah. There's no there's no exposition like kind of thrown in there that you have to kind of get spoon fed. You just kind of deal with it as they're learning about I mean, it. The moment where they they do their first shot and they're like, you know, he's the the knight, he's the dog, whatever. And then it just spirals. Yeah. And then they wake up and then you see the chicken and stuff like. <laughs> It's like it's they, a made a, they made a, sweet, a swing out of sheets. It's an amazing it's little premise. Yeah, there's so much going on. And you're trying to look, you're trying to gauge the room for clues and yeah. like what's going on. Massive giant pyramid of beer bottles over the corner. <laughs> there's no way they could have had that much. But anyway, yeah, it's hilarious. Enough. Um, but I like it. But the tone as well, like you know, it's gritty and, and sort of dank. But it's it's got Todd Phillips' flavour all all over it. If you've seen his other movies. Maybe you've just seen Joker, but you've seen Road Trip and you've seen, uh, what is it, like old school and, uh, you know, I don't know, there's a whole bunch, but they've all got that sort of, yeah, it's raunchy, but it's also that grit. Yeah. But the quality like, of, the, of the film, you know, like the, the, the shots of the scenery, yeah. you know, like the open road, it's all really well put together. It's classy. What, what an amazing transition, too. So from the rooftop and it does a time lapse of the night, the sun comes up. And then it comes straight to the room. It's like just that cinematography feel, like that feel where, they, yeah, they, they they cheers on that rooftop, and then from from there, like the city is alive, and it's things are happening, and you know it's about to get really exciting, and then boom, all of a sudden it started. Away you go. Um, I really like the gritty tone to it. Like it just feels real because, like they're dirty and they're gross and they're covered in blood and they're just. They, they look like what people would look like if they've gone through. Like they look fucked up. Let's say. <laughs> like when they wake up and they've all got bags under their eyes and they're just like, it's how we're going to look tomorrow. But not even like not even close to that. But that. I can't even. I've never had a night that I could compare to what these guys have had. They've been through stuff. They right? have they've been physically damaged. One of my favourite lines actually isn't in this movie, but it's in the second one. I think that is where he goes. They realise they've done it again, and he goes, "We like to party." <laughs> it's just like a realization that, oh god, we, we've got a problem. I think the line in this one is, is like some guys can't handle Vegas, and, and some people like, just can't handle Vegas, Vegas. and they're kind of like, Ugh. "That's us. We did that." But um, I, I think it's great, and the comedy it just feels so natural. I heard, uh, well, I didn't hear, I read that um, both was it Ed Helms, Bradley Cooper, and Zach. Um, Gallif and Atkins knew each other they were acquaintances before this movie yeah and so they kind of the chemistry between them just feels so natural because they already were familiar with each other they weren't best mates or anything though that's something that's kind of come afterwards oh, doing this movie, yeah. but that's something I think Ed Helms says was like that helped really to build that chemistry and they are very different individuals different types of humour that, yeah. that the actors and they all complement each other and you can see like you, if you just watch one of them during all of the dialogue, it's going backwards and forwards. So you just watch one, so you just watch Bradley Cooper, and then watch how he reacts to what they're saying. Yeah, and it's a very natural feel to the whole. Experience. I guess it's like if you've got a like an odd odd assortment of of, of guys in your friend group, yeah. it'd be it's exactly that. You know, it'd be different points of views, different humour, different jokes, and yeah. then you'd get different reactions to things that are said or yeah. or scenarios that are taking place, and everyone's going to approach it differently. Yeah. Um, and especially when you throw someone like um, like Alan's character into the mix, it's all yeah. it's all there. Do you want to talk about some of your fun? Uh, f- the funniest bits, or okay, I've got a couple of them up on the top of my mind. Immediately is uh, 
when Alan sees the tiger for the first time, that's like <laughs> there's a tiger in it. No, there's not. No, but, but he's, he's going to the toilet and he just turns around and he's just kind of <laughs> catching his thing, but he's just pissing on the floor in absolute shock yeah. that there is a tiger. And he's like, I don't know what I'm looking at right now. Kind of thing. <laughs> Runs out and then, yeah, that's a, that to me was like, I did not, when I first watched it in the cinema, I did not expect there to be a tiger. And it just came out of nowhere. I was like, what is happening? This is incredible. Um, I think, oh, what, I think my, I don't know what my favourite one would be, probably. I don't know. Give me, give me. I like the when they go to the wedding chapel. Yeah. And there's um that main act, that bloke house. Oh, I've got a one. Uh, Brian, there's Brian, uh, Brian Callan is Eddie, the the wedding yeah. guy. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Who's super like chauvinist. <laughs> Does not like his partner at all. <laughs> he just like just keeps talking about <laughs> boobies. Yeah. Like great. Like, they got great brains, boobies. but they're. Good on you, mate. He's he's funny. That whole scene is funny. What, what I think the shootout, like the shootout outside in the cop car, and then <laughs> just like getting out of there, which is a kind of a, a proper action scene in its own little, just its own. It's ten seconds, it's but it's all it's, but it's chaos, it's, and then they're out of there. Like the guys, are, the uh, I guess the mob guys are trying to shoot him, smash the car with a bat. It's pretty pretty full on. They bloody what's his name? Ed gets shot. <laughs> um, I think. I think the funniest thing in the movie, in fact, I'd, I'd even lay hands down, is when Zach Galifianakis gets shot in the face by the kid with the taser. <laughs> the taser, yeah, that whole taser. You know, the entire sequence is just—it's good. You've got the two cops, um, Rob Riggy as Officer Franklin and Cleo King as Officer Garden. Cool. I don't know who they are. I've uh, seen him before. Yeah, but you know what? They're like comedians, and you know they're, they're cool. funny. But yeah, they're there for those scenes and. He's gone at it. I mean, in the context of that, is yeah, they they get arrested because they stole a cop car. That's what happens when you steal the cop car. But the cops don't want them to reveal that they, they stole lost the cop car. Embarrassing. And so they, in front of a whole bunch of kids, they taser them. They they use them as examples, and then they let them off after yeah, that. You know, Todd Phillips wanted to use real tasers, but uh, the Just, Warner Brothers lawyers intervened and said, "No, we're not doing that." I'll tell you what, they do it very authentically. I dare say, like the look on Bradley Cooper's face and, and Zach Galifianakis when they're competent, they've been tased before. Yeah. <laughs> they know what they know what's going on. You they can tell. They know how to do it. Oh, just it's hilarious. The baby getting hit in the head—that's pretty damn funny. I mean, the movie's just full of non-stop, just like funny scenes and stuff. And I have to say, one thing I really don't like about it, and, it, and this is just really my taste in humour, so it's not really a reflection on any performance or anything like that. Is I don't like awkward humour. It's not my thing. I don't like. And Alan is awkward. Everything he does <laughs> yeah. is awkward. Like when he's having, he's got the speech on the top of the top of the, <laughs> top of the building, and he's like, it's as if he's talking to an audience kind of thing. You know, like it's oh, uncomfortable. How is that in? Yeah, it's oh. uncomfortable. Like it makes you go. Oh. And I'm just like inside. I'm like, oh come on, I can't wait for the scene to be finished just so I can get onto the next. But one. it's like I think that's the point of. That's no, no, it. it. Like you're supposed to be it uncomfortable. Some people, some people lap it up and they love it. They love that awkward feeling. I'm one of them who is not. Like I said, Zach Galifianakis' humour uh, as the Alan character in this movie. Yeah. It's, you either like it or you don't. And if you're not on board with it, you're not going to like this movie because a lot of it is comes from his character and what he's doing. And, yeah. uh, but I think I think it's tolerable in this movie. And I can, I'm on board with it in this one. The, the second and third one, it's... It's questionable, but you know, right? It does break the movie. The movie's a bit for me, but in this one, I think it's fine and it's 
it pushes it enough and not too much. It's not you. Yeah. I mean, I tolerate it. I didn't. Not once did I skip forward when I watched it. <laughs> Which so is, that's a good sign. That's always good, isn't it? I think it's a good sign. I gotta say, um, you know, obviously the humour being outrageous and outlandish, and you know, a bit. It's it's bonkers and it's balls to the wall. Yeah. I think after a few watches, and you know, it, it does lose that effect of you know that shock sort of humour and yeah, and the outrageousness. Like when I my, on my most recent watch, I didn't find it as funny. I'm still going along with it. And I still enjoyed it and all that, and I still appreciated you know the jokes and the humour that was there. But it's sort of like I have seen this all before, yeah, many times, and I think there's been enough. You know, I can't believe it's been ten years since yeah. or t- 11 years actually yeah, yeah. Um, since this movie came out I feel I still feel like it's so new but at the same time I'm like yeah the I guess the formula and the type of humour and yeah. and everything that this movie has on, on has on offer and, and gives us I feel like it has been done so much since then yeah. that it kind of takes away that, that freshness that this movie had when it came out and, yeah. and all of that sort of enjoyment so not a real negative on the movie, but it's just, I guess, over time, it has been a while. I mean, it's only been, it's only been a decade, really. But. Tell you what, there was still so many... I agree with what you're saying, but there was still many laugh-out-loud moments when I was watching it. Definitely still morning, enjoyable, yeah. To the point that I was like, oh, be quiet, don't want to wake the wife up. <laughs> She's in a room across, but I did not want... I was like, oh, gosh, I, I, was, I just let myself go a little bit. I was, I was getting a bit reckless with my laughter. <laughs> so, getting reckless. Getting reckless. We're just getting giddy ready for today. Let's talk about the music, a bit of the music that was there. Now, there's a score composed by Christoph Beck. But do you know what? To be honest... Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, he Is he the free? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Oh, anyway, it's amazing. Um, but I don't recall a, a score. I mean... I guess there must be some, you know, when some dramatic stuff happening. I don't happening, recall anything. I, I recall the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack, lots I think, of heavy is stuff, more of, of a... It's going on. You got there's 20 songs that feature in this movie. Believe it or not, like it's it's soundtrack heavy. Kanye West, Dyslexic, Speed Racers, Danzig, The Donners, Usher, Phil Collins, The Bell Stars, Ti, Wolf Mother, Flo Rida, and Wolf the, Mother's in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it would be. Da, 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 the um, da, 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 da. yeah. Um, now and the the Dan Band. Do you know the Dan Band? No. The Dan Band features near the end of the movie, right? Right. And he's the one that's like they're singing the candy shop song. Okay. It's the same band from Frank's Wedding in the movie Old School from 2003 and Vince Vaughn's Daughter's uh, Bats Mitzvah in Starsky and Hutch in 2004. I knew that. I knew that. So Todd Phillips movies as well, of course. That's hilarious too. I just love that little portrayal of of like a a wedding band who's just like way off, way off the crowd. filth. Absolute filth. Um, What was I going to say? Now, tidbit, I can't remember and I don't have it obviously in front of me. I don't know the band's name. But when the uh, tuxedo van pulls up, there's a, there's a song playing and the guy who's throwing tuxedos at them yeah. is in that band. Oh! And he's like, wow. a guitarist or lead singer from that band. I read that on a trivia page as well when I was doing the research. That's awesome. But it, it might be on the list that you got there but I can't remember what it is. I like um, Stu's song you know when he's at the piano. Oh, isn't that cool? It's like completely improvised. I've seen him reprise that on um, Graham Norton. Oh, is, there, is that like a longer version? No, no, just because he, he wrote it. So... Um, and it was an improvised thing on apparently on the day. Yeah, same or with um, in the lead up to it. Same with Alan's song, uh, "The Three Best Friends," that also improvised. Yeah, which is the best friends that anyone could have. Uh, actually, there's a bit of a score that accompanies that at the end of that. 
Oh. Like as they're driving off down the road. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. there it is, Christoph Beck, well done. There you go. Oh, see? Um, but, yeah, the, whoop. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this will be loud. Whoa, what is happening? We're going off road. <laughs> we are going to the country. I wonder if we can put back Oh, my back God. My life is on the line. Here we go. Will we make it? There we are. Did you watch the, did you watch this on like, on a DVD disc? Blu-ray. Yes. Is it the? Did you watch the R-rated extended sort of? I think that's what I watched. Yeah. yeah I think the only extended part of it is the explicit photos that they have at the end. Because uh, I know there are like I've there are. Seen, the, I've seen them before though. There are photos. Oh no, no, I hadn't. So like there, there are, are more photos. There are newer photos. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's like like there's, Alan getting a blowjob. Yeah. Which was a prosthetic. Yeah. Obviously, that's what he tells his mum anyway. Apparently, apparently, also little tidbit. Zach Galifianakis was incredibly embarrassed to shoot that scene. Yeah, And he awkward. actually asked Todd's crew to just leave that one out, don't do that one. <laughs> they put it in anyway. They um, did it. But there's a few... But also, he gets he gets upset when he when he hear pe- people tell him that they've seen um, Hangover with their kids because he's like, he's like, that's not for kids, man. Yeah, I'd like, like taking kids into yeah. that. And that's fair. But yeah, he actually... Tell, he's, he's not afraid to tell people <laughs> what what he thinks about that kind of parenting. Yeah, but I do like all those photos anyway. Um, yeah. Whether it's the raunch ones or just the clean ones from the normal release. There's like carrot top features in like a photo. Bit bizarre. Um, but anyway, well, let's let's wrap up. Well, that's the, the movie, I guess. Yeah. Should we do a quick a quiz break? We could do that. We could do that. You know what? I'm not going to give you a timer, but I'm going to read them really quick and... <laughs> just expect you to answer so right. 10 questions in 60 ish seconds as, as much time as Rob needs fast apparently. as I can gauge how much does the Caesars Palace Suite cost uh, 4200 correct what alcohol do the guys shot at the, on the roof Jaeger correct what does Alan name the baby <laughs> we just said it Carlos correct what is the baby's actual name Tyler correct what is the name of the wedding chapel the Little Wedding Chapel? Oh, very close. The Great Little Wedding Chapel? Oh, very closer! The Good Little Wedding Chapel. Uh, (laughs) Um, How much money does Chow demand? Uh, 80 80 grand. Correct. How did Stu lose his tooth? He pulled it out because uh, Alan said he wasn't a real dentist. dentist. Correct. On the way home, who drops off a package? On the way home? As in the suit, guys? Yep. Yep. Yeah, oh, uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, who did Melissa sleep with? Um, well, <laughs> a bartender slash bar boy slash what else did they say? A hotel concierge or something. But a bartender, I think. Uh, I'll take it. Sure. Yeah. Um, what does Sid and Linda give Doug as a wedding gift? <laughs> smashed up Mercedes. Which <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know it's smashed up. Correct. All right. Um, you got eight out of ten. Well done. Um, specifically. Um, the Tux Shop was the name of the the Tux supplier that dropped off the Tux, and the best little the best little chapel was the name of the wedding chapel. Excellent. Um, let's do a quick rating before we get to our destination. Absolutely, we're coming up close. Um, I'll go first. So I've seen this movie many times before, and like I said, there was elements that I definitely idolised when I was a, a younger man, mm. a more impressionable soul. <laughs> um, I I mean. 
there's so many elements to this I really enjoy, but one of the standouts is the actual chemistry between them. Uh, I really like that gritty nature of the humour that Todd Phillips pulled off. It just, just feels real, like you're part of it and part of the journey, like you're part of the journey learning what they've, 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 they're learning as well. Um, I don't like awkward humour, I've already said that, so that takes a little bit off, but this is nowhere below a four VHS tapes. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. Except I like awkward humor. If I'm getting uncomfortable, I find it. I find humor in that. But yeah, the chemistry between the guy, the whole mystery, the tone of, of the film itself, the grittiness, the, the the raunchy humor, like everything really is working. Um, but I mean, I guess say I I knock a point off purely because it's like I feel like the the shock of it, you know. Dissipates every time I is that the right word? Yeah. Um, every time I watch it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit lower. Dissipates. Dissipates. Want, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, know, I agree like though. The humor becomes less funny when I know it's coming. When yeah. I, but I mean that's not the movie's fault. The movie's supposed to just exist. Well, how's your experience with Sixth Sense now? <laughs> well, <laughs> I never watch it. I've never watched Sixth Sense. Without knowing the ending. Oh no! Thank you, Fifty First Date. No, like I knew. Fifty First Dates, they they spoil. They spoil it. Yeah. Pop culture. Anyway, what's your your rating? I'm also coming in at a four out of five. Nice one. So yeah, I yeah, it's fantastic movie. It is a freaking good movie. I like. Yeah, I'm happy to watch it every time I watch it. And I feel good after you know this morning getting ready to jump on this road trip. I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is good. This is great. I don't want it to be this messy, but it'll be fine. It'll be fun. So that was our Rewind to uh, 2009, The Hangover. We hope you enjoyed this very different episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcast.com. Not repeating that. It's done now. Done. Or you could reach out to us on thatfilmstewpodcast.com. Podcast or Rewind Review uh, Facebook pages and like and share while you're at it. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. Or if you want uh, to hear this episode again or any of our other episodes that we've got, we do have a website you can visit um, that feels true podcast. <laughs> well done. Uh, Rob has no notes. Uh, I have no notes. <laughs> coming soon from that film studio, a review of James Harlan Bob Reboot and Sonic the Hedgehog. It sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at DC's Crisis crossover. And our next episode here on Rewind and Review, Billy Madison from Billy 1995. Madison. Amazing. Oh, we should wish, we let's wish uh, Mark and Sam a wonderful wedding. And we do apologise if Mark dies <laughs> today. <laughs> So, we do wish you all the best, sir. Um, We are here to celebrate it with you. Please stay alive this whole trip. Thank you for listening. This has been another Rewind Review, and we'll see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. I'm going to vomit at some point today. I'm just going to find out that it's going to happen. I'm not. I'm hold my hair, Rob. I'm going to stay strong. You hold my hair, I'll hold time. your hair. You don't have any hair and neither do I. I have hair. It's not long enough to get in your way, though. All right, I'm done.